Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Amy Shepard won legions of fans as one of three members of the band Shepard, which has six EPs, three albums and countless shows to their credit. This year, Amy released her first country music EP, Nothing But Wild, and its single Blue Guitar has racked up well over 100,000 streams on Spotify, probably heading for 150,000. That's just one song. Hello, Amy. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. I saw you play at the Fan Zone at Tamworth Country Music Festival this year and the crowd was having a great time. I'm wondering how your Tamworth was, though. Yeah, it was um, my first time performing uh, as a solo artist ever. So I was feeling a little bit out of my depth, to be honest, still getting used to being up on stage alone. Um, But, yeah, I feel like I've come a long way since then. So I'm really looking forward to returning and hopefully um, you'll see me popping back up um, early next year. Well, it is, yeah, it is a big deal to break out of what you know. Um, I think for any artist, um, even even when you're still creating great fresh music as you have been with Shepherd, it's a different strand. So there's a, there's quite a bit of courage involved. Was there any hesitation before you went to Tamworth thinking, oh, I don't know? I don't yeah, know absolutely, of course. I just feel like, like I was like, oh, I'm not ready. I just don't really feel like I know the songs well enough on guitar yet. And, you know, you spend so long just coming up with reasons as to why you shouldn't do it. And luckily, you know, Chuggy, my manager, just loves to throw me in the deep end. And <laughs> he's done that our whole career. So it's kind of good to have that shove. And um, it's, yeah, I think Tamworth was actually the perfect place to um, begin my career. Um, you know, the crowds were just, they're really beautiful people. They love music and, um I realised that it's not such a scary community after all. It's a very friendly, welcoming community. Yeah, I think that's that's very true of, of artists as well as fans. And and one of the things I love about the Australian country music community is how much the fans just love music and and they love new artists. There's no sense of of not accepting someone just because they haven't done it before. So that's probably part of what you experienced. Yeah, absolutely. I just I really had a great time. So I'm looking forward to um, going back and feeling a bit more. Um, yeah, confident in who I am as an artist now. Well, and you also performed at CMC Rocks this year, which was in September. So how was that show? Yeah, so much fun. I was really worried that nobody, see, it's again, it's like imposter syndrome that I'm going through at the moment, um, that I was really worried that no one was going to show up. And, you know, it was a rainy day. I was um, on one of the camping days. So it wasn't, the official festival hadn't started yet. Um, So I was a little bit worried that no one would be there. But Alas, the tent was full. The crowd was great. You know, I threw in a few covers there so that people could sing along, you know, because I am essentially a new artist. And, um, yeah, it all went really well and it was such a good time. And I'm going to go back next year um, just as, you know, as a punter so I can experience some of it, soak it all in and, um, you know, just see what other artists are doing up on stage. I think that's, you know, very inspiring. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned imposter syndrome, but... Yeah, the EP has six great tracks on it. So that's that's a very strong foundation for the start of your country music career. Um, but I understand that you were writing songs in a country vein actually for quite a while and there were some that just didn't make it onto a Shepherd album because they weren't right for that band. When did your interest in country music start? It started as I've loved country music for as long as I can remember. I grew up in Papua New Guinea and um, 
we didn't have record stores or sanity or anything like that. We just had to listen to what our parents were listening to. So um, that was, you know, George Strait and Dolly Parton, um, the Chicks and Casey Chambers, you know, and that's really when I was learning how to songwrite as well. So um, I think some of it definitely rubbed off on me because I'll often write a song and the boys from the band would just be like, oh, it's a great song, but probably not for Shepherd this one, mm-hmm. you know, and, or sometimes I would go and sing a line and, um, they'd be like, oh, can you just take that again? Because you just had a bit of a country twang. And I don't mean to do it. It's just because I listen to so much country music that it happens naturally. So I was like, oh, sick of these, you know, boys telling me what I can't, can and can't do. Yeah. Um, and I um, decided that, you know, I was going to just go for it. And I've, it's been in the back of my mind for a really long time. So, um, I, yeah, as I said before, I kind of just ran out of reasons why I shouldn't do it. I just, you know, I wrote one song, sent it out to my manager and he's like, this is great. It was blue guitar. He was like, this is great. You need to keep going with it. So um, I took my first trip to Nashville in 2019 and yeah, wrote, wrote a bunch of songs, including nothing but wild. Right. And yeah, and obviously the pandemic hit. So it's been a, a long time coming, but I'm glad that they're finally out in the world. Yes. Yeah, so I have a few questions to ask you out of that. One of which is a process question, because I'm always really interested in the work behind songwriting. And I think um, fans are as well. So when you're talking about the songs that you wrote that that weren't going to make it for Shepherd, do you have like a folder on your computer that is, is <laughs> rejected yeah. songs or country songs that you parked those in so you could get to later? Absolutely. I've got a ton of um, half finished songs. Uh, we've got a Dropbox and um We've got a heap of shepherd songs in there that just have never made it. Um, but you know, you never know. Sometimes we we have reworked a song and released it. So yeah, we definitely have a bank which I might go through and see what's in there. I've got lots of voice notes, lots of ideas um, that you know just didn't really fit the album that we were trying to write with Shepherd. So yeah, I've actually got a lot of material that I can just go back and um, lean on. But you know. I find it more inspiring to just come up with something fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easier to write that way rather than trying to rework a song. For me, I, um, I'm, a, I'm really inspired by getting in the room with people who um, can offer something like a new perspective on the idea that I bring in. So often, yeah, I will come in with a voice note or a little um, hook or just a, even a, a cool word um, that I want to make into a song. And I love going into a room and seeing where that springboard takes me. Do you tend to think, therefore, that those little voice memos and ideas that you've been collecting are a way of editing yourself? So it's like you got those out of your brain and the reason why you don't need to go back to them is that actually like that was just a clearing process to make way for something that will become a song. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you just don't want to miss any good ideas. So I just try and record everything. And sometimes you go back and you think, oh, that's just rubbish. And sometimes you go back and you think it's genius. And other times you go back and you realise that it's actually already a song. You ripped someone off. <laughs> yeah, so um, it is important just to get it down anyway. Um and as I said, you never know when you might revert back to the the old ideas to create mm. something. So you mentioned that you started uh, songwriting when you were younger, living in Papua New Guinea, listening to country music. Was this was it something that one day you just thought, oh yeah, songs are how I want to express myself? Were you a child who liked writing stories at school, for example? So you were always being creative. I've definitely always been creative. I um, used to love actually. Now that you mention it, <laughs> storytelling and. Um, I think it was actually my guitar teacher back in Papua New Guinea who 
really inspired me because he was a session musician and he told me lots of stories about how he would tour the world and he's toured with Janet Jackson and Madonna and um, he was a member of Yothi Indy. Um, so just hearing his stories and just knowing that it was possible for me too, mm-hmm. um, you know, he really mentored us for most of our careers after that. He taught me from the age of 10, I think. He, you know, really showed me how to write a song. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think I wrote my first song at the age of 12. Sadly, he passed away in uh, last year in September. But, um, yeah, it was beautiful to have a mentor throughout our whole career and he could see some of the success that we've had thanks mm. to him. So you mentioned going to Nashville in 2019 and writing some songs there. And I imagine that's a different process to how you might have written songs here, probably more like a factory process. Did it feel like that or were you creatively inspired being there? No, I was really inspired. It wasn't actually too dissimilar to what we do here. Um, There was one studio I went into and I actually did it the old fashioned way. And I hired a bunch of session musicians for the day and, um, you played them the song and then they chart down the song in their Nashville charts. It's called charting a song. And then they just played it on the spot and it was incredible. We just recorded it in one room. And that was a really, really eye-opening experience. Just like these musicians are just so talented. Um, and I just really cherished that. Um, but with, you know, some of the other stuff, for, for the most part, it is just you go into a room and it's, um, you know, a producer, slash songwriter or sometimes it's um, a producer songwriter and another writer and yourself and you go in with an idea and um, the producer just like comes up with like a little bit of a bare bones of the demo and quite often you'll leave with a full song it might not be completely finished but um, yeah it's always a great day when you come out with a nearly finished song. So you mentioned Nothing But Wild was written during that trip are there other songs on the EP that came out of that? Um, Yes which other ones well I had blue guitar already, nothing but wild. Um, sometimes just I think all the songs. Sometimes you learn with done here in Brisbane. Slave. No, I think it was just nothing but wild, nothing but wild that made it. Um, yeah, but obviously I've been back to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got back recently and I wrote five new songs. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, I've got a lot of material to come. Um, yeah, I can't wait to work on them some more, but I'm really, really excited about them. And actually, now that I'm looking at my notes, I realise you probably couldn't have written more songs for the EP because you wrote a couple with the Wolf Brothers, from what I understand, and they are not in Nashville. No, they. Were, I went to Tassie because they invited me to um, just come and jam and see what came out, and we got two great songs, Home to Me and Couple Goals. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I love working with them. They're just really down-to-earth, easy blokes, and um, I'm actually going to write with them again in january or february i think um so shepherd's doing a show down in tassie so um hoping to tack on a few extra days to write with them again because um i loved i loved the process it was just really organic it was just them in their one of their living rooms i think it was nick's house and we just um we had a lot of fun yeah we had two days of writing two songs it was yeah it was just fun and easy that sounds like it worked very well then, two songs out of two days. Um, now, Blue Guitar, as we as you mentioned, it was a single and uh, it's a heartbreaker and your voice really expresses the emotion of that song. And I was listening to it thinking, I wonder if you feel as a singer that country music maybe gives you more permission to be emotional in your singing than pop might, or that could be incorrect to say. I think it depends on the song really. You know, sometimes pop is a bit um, more about the... Um, 
yeah, the sound, the song and the rhythm and the some of the melodies can be quite simple with pop, you know, sometimes just like you and I, we can fly. <laughs> it's like sometimes it's just really quick and snappy. But yeah, with country music, it's a whole story you need to get into a song. So I do feel um, sometimes, yeah, there are more melodies and lyrics and storytelling, um, which I love about country music. There's just, um, yeah, it, there's a freedom, a certain freedom in country music, which I appreciate. So when you're writing a song, is a is it a story that comes to mind first? Like you actually can envisage a, a, an arc of a story or do you go for an emotion first? I think it depends on the springboard idea you have. So as I said, sometimes I'll have um, like a an idea or, you know, a pun or something that I want to turn into a song. But other times, um, like with Blue Guitar, I start, just started playing some chords and I had that melody like, and I was like what's the I said blue I was like with your blue I was like I can't say blue hair I've got hair so uh what else could it be and I just um I just sang blue guitar and then I just crafted a whole story around what could the story be based around a blue guitar and yeah that came out with um the story of a woman who goes back to her hometown and she's she's made it as a big country star and she goes back and she's like oh wow, this town's really like hasn't changed at all, but she does find a new bar and she goes into the bar, sits down and behind her the band starts up. She turns around because she hears a familiar voice and um, it's her old lover, but he's never made it and he's still playing the blue guitar that they used to, he used to write love songs to her on. And so the whole song's about her wondering whether the songs he's singing at the time, at the current time are still about her. Yeah, there are a lot of layers in that song, which is why it's so great to listen to over and over again um, to, to pick different ones up as with each listen. Um, and across your musical output as in pop and in country music, it's clear you have a really good ear for a hook and the voice to, to sing those hooks. I'm wondering if that's something you had from the start of your songwriting or have you developed it as, you, as you've honed your instincts? I mean, I think a bit of both. Um, I don't know. I can't really pinpoint where that came from but I definitely do have like a, a knack for the hook you know like the bombs away I just knew that that had to go in that little spot I, I'm good at filling each dead zones like we right. can't have dead zones are not a thing in pop music that's what we call them when there's just like space and it's different in the country world but I think filling those dead dead zones has really helped me develop those um, little hooks yeah, it's interesting how the the rules and structure in certain genres can actually be quite productive and, and help you be quite creative because it's like within those structures I have to, like as you said, no dead zones, got to come up with it and it teaches you a lot as you're going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's funny because, yeah, you don't really notice it until you start to <laughs> dissect what makes a country song or what makes a pop song. And, um, yeah, definitely my stuff is a blend of the both. Yeah. And you worked with Lindsay Rhymes as a producer. I think he might also have been a co-writer, um, although I'm not entirely sure about that. But how did you come to work with him? Yeah, um, actually, my brother met him at the APRA Awards in, I think it was in Brisbane or Sydney. They were having the APRA Awards. Lindsay, Lindsay won some awards. And um, I actually wasn't there that night, but he was sitting next to George. And George knew that, obviously, I was starting this country project and put me in touch with Lindsay. So that's how I first um, met him. And then um, when he heard that I was doing the country project and got coming to Nashville, he um, very kindly made some space. He's a very busy man. He's, um, he's very talented and very successful. And, yeah, he was very generously 
let me come into the studio and we wrote nothing but wild and yeah in a matter of four hours um well that was obviously a very productive relationship and I imagine you might work with him again since that went did so well that time was the on the uh EP because once I came back I just um I had too many different sounds because I'd been working with a lot of different writers and producers and I just needed that um yeah more succinct sound and I, I wanted them to sound like me not just like oh that's that sounds totally different to the other song um so yeah he he was the executive producer and uh it was really great to work with him and then again when I went back to Nashville I've worked with him two more times since okay. but wild both songs the other two songs I'm yet to release but they're all they're definitely bangers and they'll make a full album one day Fantastic. Uh, and now, as you mentioned a little while ago, you had planned to release this earlier. It was a pre-pandemic project, which then tipped into the pandemic. I imagine that was at the very least frustrating. To say the least. At the time, it was just heartbreaking, really, because you do work really hard. You have a vision of how things are going to go and then it all just gets turned up on its head. And so, you know, obviously Shepard, at that time was going to take the priority because we needed to figure out how to keep our business afloat. Mm. Um, got busy on Shepherd really and just started, we wrote a song and released a song and a video clip every single month of 2020. And wow. um, that kept us very busy, but also it gave me a lot of time to re-listen to the songs and figure out that, yes, I needed Lindsay to do all of the tracks. And so we were going back and forth Um you know, via email and Zoom and I did the vocals in Brisbane, sent them to him and he'd slot them in and then, you know, I'd change things. So it was, yeah, it just gave me lots of time. So I don't think I would have had the sound that I have on this EP had the pandemic not happened. So, you know, I'm a big believer of everything happens for a reason in the way that they're meant to happen. So, you know, you can't look back in anger. Um, Well, that is the very good philosophical way to to take it and it has resulted in a great EP. And now that you've had this project away from the band, just for yourself, is there anything you've discovered about yourself as an artist that you didn't know before? I think just um, that I'm a better songwriter than I thought I was. Um, You know, I think I relied a lot on, not relied, but just... um, yeah, I think being in a room with my brother constantly and Jay, the third songwriter, having that safety blanket in them every time I went into a room um, made me feel like maybe I couldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has really given me the chance to go for it, write some songs alone, uh, finish songs alone and just, um, I guess, have the confidence that I can do it and that I, I am a very good songwriter. Yeah, so I think it's just really given me the permission to say, yes, you can do it. Yes, you're a good songwriter. Yeah. And it's not the only, well, those those two are not the only projects you have on the go because you also have a podcast, Couple Goals, with your husband, Lachlan Stewart. How's that going? Yeah, it's going really well. We've just started. I think we've recorded four or five podcasts. and um, But it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's nothing too serious. It's just us sharing our, um, you know, weekly pet peeves and setting each other a couple goal. Um at the end of each episode and we're going to have guests on we've had George on we've had my sister Emma and now we're going to start inviting some more guests we've got a, a wish list so we're just going to go through the list and start inviting people on and very neatly it ties in with the EP because their song on the EP is called Couple Goals <laughs> yeah, and 
our intro song as well. So I had to like email the Wolf Brothers and their management to get the right song. <laughs> you know, it can get kind of complicated, but luckily they um, they gave it the all clear and said I could use the song. And um, yeah, it just ties in really nicely with the EP and obviously yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and also you are known for, and it's on your Instagram bio, the kiss my fat ass movement. And I did want to ask about that because um, it did get, it has had some media coverage and um, it is, it is part of your presence. So when did you start doing that? I started doing that in 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted a photo of myself um, without any editing. And this is before a lot of people were doing it. And um, I had some cellulite on my legs and, um, I couldn't believe the traction that this post had, just women saying, oh, my God, like, thank you, and we can't believe we're seeing some real cellulite on Instagram, um, and it actually went viral and people, and then I, in the caption, used hashtag kiss my fat ass. If you don't like it, you can kiss my fat ass or something. And um, before I knew it, women from all over the world were sharing their hashtag kiss my fat ass photos, and it was just like the most freeing thing that I've ever experienced and it was from that day forward that I was like well this is me I have permission now to show up as I am and I hope to give others permission in doing so uh, in posting yeah unedited photos I hope that it gives permission to others to feel more confident and realize that you're not a freak if you have cellulite or pimples and rolls and whatever else we're all human and um yeah I think someone in the media showing that can make a real real impact to others <clears throat> i'm wondering also if that permission to be free and to be you carries over to your creative work so it's like in, in liberating yourself from expectations um that, that that all women are brought up with basically particularly for you being in the media if that can flip a switch in other ways i think so definitely it's just you know the way to gain confidence is just to go for it and do it so whatever you're scared of do it anyway and um once you do it you get over it and you just forget that it's even an issue um and that's definitely with work and with my body confidence um I don't blink twice when I see cellulite anymore or if I see someone who posts a selfie without makeup on I just think there's yeah I don't blink it's totally normal Mm -hmm. Uh, and I feel like some of those filters, you know, the face editing filters, I think the more that people use them, the more they get used to their own features looking that way. And then they look in the mirror and they're feeling unsatisfied because they're not measuring up to these fake filters. So, um, yeah, I've made it my mission to um, show up as myself in order to uh, make the world a little bit better. Well, I think we've also come back to where we started, which because you were just saying, you know, feeling scared and doing something anyway. And, and we I started this with you talking about feeling a bit worried about being in Tamworth. So um, I do also think that's a nice way to wrap it up and conclude it. Um, and people can go and listen to your EP, Nothing But Wild. Amy, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Sophie. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.